Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. For more information about Abbot Loop, visit abbotloop.org. It is my privilege to continue our wisdom series. It is a joy to be here, and this church means so much to me. I love church. I love it. I love church. I love church. I grew up in this church, and so I love this church more than, you know, most churches. But for me, coming to church... Coming to church from the time that I was young, church for me was a place that I could come and be the most authentic version of myself. For me, coming to church was the place that I could be the realest form of who I am. And I know that lots of people don't have that experience. It's not the same for everybody, but I feel honored and privileged that I have that experience. So when I came here, I found people who would support me and encourage me and guide me and direct me, even when I made poor decisions. They were the first people who would reach out to me and say, who, where have you been? What are you doing? What do you, you know, rise up. This is not who you're made to be or whatever. And just encourage me and say, hey, you know, have a little bit of accountability, whatever. I always felt accepted. Even at my worst, I felt accepted by this community. And, you know, the thing that I love about church is that we're all like a mess, <laughs> Right? We're all a mess. We're all messy people. We're all imperfect people meeting with more imperfect people when we come together to, to worship a perfect God. And if we can't be honest in church about where we're really at, where in the world can we be honest? If we can't admit our failures and if we can't admit our mistakes and our bad decisions in church, where can we admit those? Church should be that place where we can be honest and real and authentic and say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with my decision-making process. But the thing is, we've all made bad choices in life. I've made bad choices. I know. I don't want to talk about all my bad choices. <laughs> Anyways, sidestep. We've all made bad choices. We all have regrets. We've all spent money we wish we wouldn't have spent. We've all made investments, been in relationships that we wish we wouldn't have been in. We've all sent emails, returned phone calls that we should have been, I should have waited a little bit longer before I responded to that one. We've all made choices and decisions that we wish we could take back. But we listened to our own opinion. We followed our own heart. Despite what common sense told us or what a friend or two might have said, we went our own way. We did our own thing. We thought we knew best. And then when we look back on that season of our life, when we look back at the fruit that that season or that chapter produced, we're, at, we're left asking ourselves the question, how could I have been so foolish? When the world was I thinking, how could I have been so blind? Why didn't I listen to my mom? I can't, I'm, right? Don't worry. If you haven't gotten to that phase of your life yet, you'll get there. You'll get there. You see, there's decisions in our life that we make that simply embarrass us. But then there's other decisions in our life that we make that scar us. And they, those decisions that we make, they lead to chapters of our life that we wish we could go back and just not live. And yes, by God's mercy and by his redemption, we can have difficult chapters of our life that he redeems for his glory. And we can take away from those chapters of our life lessons that shape us that we wouldn't even want to trade the pain that we experience for the lessons that we gained. But that is his mercy. That is his redemption. But what if we could avoid all those chapters? What if we could sidestep those things and not have to make those decisions that leave us scarred, filled with emotional baggage and, and turmoil? Ephesians 5.15 says, be very careful then, I love it, 
Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. You see, none of us plan to make bad decisions. It's not like we wake up in the morning thinking, I'm going to go out and blow it. I don't believe anybody in here is that reckless. But we still end up making poor decisions. And maybe it's because we don't ask ourselves the right questions before we make those choices. You know, I think if we're asking ourselves some questions before we're making those decisions, they should be some important questions. They should be the questions that are going to uproot the motives of our heart, why I'm choosing what I'm choosing. The why I choose, what I choose is really important. So I need to ask myself important questions. If I filter my decisions through second-rate questions, I'm going to get second-rate results. And maybe we speed through life not asking ourselves the important questions, and then we're stuck just picking up the pieces of our bad decisions. So if I filter my decisions through second-rate questions like, does it make me happy? Does it feel good? Does it make sense? Look, if I make all my decisions based on if it makes me happy, well, what makes me happy today might not make me to happy tomorrow. And it sure as heck is not going to make me happy six months from now. Because happiness overall is fleeting. It's fleeting. It's changing. It's circumstantial. And it's short-sighted. Happiness is so, so short-sighted. If I make all my decisions based on if it makes me feel good, whether other people approve of me and it makes me feel good, Lots of things that feel good aren't necessarily healthy for me, right? I can, I can stuff my body with all sorts of things that are not healthy for me, but in the end, they don't produce the results I want. Whether it's physical fitness, whether it's in relationships, I can feed myself what makes me happy, but in the end, what makes me happy or what feels good in a moment might leave me in pain for much longer, might leave me heartbroken much longer. You see, if we make all of our decisions based on whether or not people are going to approve of us, when that disapproval comes or the unpopular decision comes, we're not going to know who we are, where we stand. We're going to be insecure about our shape and our unique call. We're not even going to know ourselves because we're so defined by the opinions of other people. No, we can't make our choices off of these second-rate questions. We need a question that's going to help us make a better decision. We need the best Question. And I think there is one question, one question that is better, one question that is best. That if we asked ourselves this question, we could avoid financial ruin. We could save our marriages. We could be better parents. We could be better friends. If we filter our decisions through the greatest question ever. You want to know what it is? Do you want to know? How bad do you want to know? Do I have you on the tip of your seat? Yes. Well, first let's pray. Jesus, I invite you into this service, God. I invite you to do what you want to do. God, this is all about you. If we come to church and we come to not even meet with you, what is the point of coming to church at all? So we want to be with you. We want to hear your voice. I pray that you would do what you want through the words that I say. I pray that you would move in every heart and every ear and every mind, God, would make a shift in your direction. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would be life, breathe life into your people today by the words that I've prepared this morning. And you would take what I offer, God, and you would make it more than what it is. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the greatest question 
that we could ever ask ourselves, the question that we're going to filter all of our decisions through, the question that will help you lead better, live better, make healthier decisions for you, for who you are and who you hope to become, the greatest question you could ever ask yourself is this. Is it the wise thing for me to do? Is it the wise thing for me to do? You see, wisdom is personal. It's personal. It's not a generic label that you can slap onto anything saying what's wise for you is wise for me and wisdom is just the boring thing that everybody does. No, wisdom is personal. It's circumstantial. It's specific. You see, our choices make a difference in who we are. They reflect a heart condition. So it's personal. Wisdom is personal. Let me um, give some definitions about what wisdom is. So wisdom goes beyond knowledge and understanding and discernment. Wisdom is different from knowledge because you can have knowledge without wisdom, and there are a lot of brilliant fools in the world, but you cannot have wisdom without knowledge. Wisdom is not just knowing the truth. Wisdom is applying the truth rightly to your life. And wisdom is not just discernment, although if you can discern, if you can learn to discern the difference between what looks good and what actually is good, you will become wise. Wisdom is to exercise sound judgment based on knowledge, wisdom, and and discernment so that you can pursue a proper course of action. Over and above all, the greatest wisdom known to scripture is found in the skill of living well. It's a skill set. I'm totally a nerd, but wisdom actually means skill. It's one of the definitions of wisdom. It's a skill set of living well. So true wisdom is to perceive the nature of the world as God intended it to be and then to live in accordance with it. So this is literally, in simple terms, this means getting into tune with God's heartbeat for your life, your life, getting into tune with God's heartbeat for whose life? Your life. Your life. And then walking in step with that. Not getting in tune with somebody else's plan for their life, your life, and then walking in step with it. It's personal. It's specific. It's circumstantial. So there's some context, because it's personal, that we need to place this question into so that we can get the best results. So that we can get the best results. So we can see the fruit in our life of wisdom. So the context of the greatest question ever that we could ever ask ourselves is in light of who I was, in light of who I am, and in light of who I hope to become, is it the wise thing for me to do? So those are the three points that we're going to be covering this morning. Who I was, my past experiences. Who I am, my present circumstances. And who I hope to become, my future hopes and dreams. So point number one, who I was. Now, in order to figure out how the question is going to help us in this, we have to look into our background, where we came from. You know, who I used to be maybe before Christ. Maybe, you know, last week, I don't know. Who you used to be. How much transformation is taking place on a daily basis, that's up to you. Who you used to be. And then we need to take into consideration what unique struggles and temptations that we have. We are new creations in Christ. We are being made new. And there is a transformation taking place inside of you when you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. There's a miracle taking place. So you're being transformed daily. 
right? But that does not make you exempt from temptation. That doesn't exclude you from the traps that the enemy is going to try to set for you. The Bible is clear. It said the enemy is on the prowl seeking actively who he can devour. Actively. There is no timeouts. He's actively looking for ways that he can set a snare, set a trap, trip you up. And the ways that he's going to trip me up are going to be different than the ways that he trips you up. And it usually has to do with a play towards our past. If I've struggled with insecurity, what is he going to come? He's going to whisper those lies into my, into my mind. Oh, you're not good enough. You don't measure up. And I'm going to start spiraling, right? He's going to make the play towards my pride. And pride comes before a fall, right? He's going to make plays towards our loneliness. He's going to make plays towards our wishes and our wants and our impatience to get what we want. No, we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to tell ourselves the truth. This is exactly who I was. These are the ways that he's going to ensnare me and tell ourselves the truth. This is a way that he can deceive me. This is a way. We stand our ground in humility. We don't puff ourselves up saying I'm invincible now that I'm in Christ. No, we stand our ground and say, I know my limitations. I know my weaknesses. And I tell myself the truth. Limitations and all. Weaknesses and all. So let's get practical. How do we apply it? Let's say we have a a habit of overspending. We have a habit of overspending so much, in fact, that we've ended ourselves up in some debt, significant debt. Now, is it, is it sin or even wrong to own a credit card, to use your credit card? No. It's not a sin to have a credit card. Now, but knowing your specific background of overspending and filtering your decisions through second-rate questions, does it feel good? Does it make me happy? Heck yeah. When I swipe that card and I get those boots right now, it feels good. I want them. But it's not going to make me happy because when I get that credit card bill, I'm going to be paying for it. You know, my bank account doesn't have that much money in it. You know, so we need to filter our decision through, is this wise? If I have a propensity to drink too much and I keep getting invited out to go places where I know there's going to be drinking, Maybe I need to not. Is it wise? Is it wise? We're not asking the question of can I or is it permissible? These things get us in trouble when we say, well, how far can I go before it's actually sin? Well, technically, it wasn't all the way. We do this and we justify in gray areas but this is, a, this is a condition of our heart when we ask ourselves, is it permissible? Can I, can I get away with it? How far is too far? No, we need to ask ourselves, is it wise? Is it setting me up for the future? Is it going to help me get to who I want to become in Christ? Remember, wisdom is personal. It's circumstance-specific, and it always results in good fruit. If you don't like the root you have in your life, start filtering your choices through different decisions or through your through different questions. Number 2, who I am. This one deals with our current circumstances. So taking into consideration my current emotional state, whether I'm lonely, whether I'm whether I'm sad, whether I have had an exhausting week, everybody's on my nerves. Whatever. My emotional state. My season of life. 
So whether I'm retired, I'm a young professional, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm a young person, I go to school all the time, I'm in college. This is my season of life and our state of mind. What is the wise thing for me to do? So this is taking inventory and taking stock of where we're currently at, what we have to work with, and knowing ourselves. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. There it is again. Impartial and sincere. That's a lot. This is the type of wisdom that comes from heaven. It's important that we take into consideration our season of life when we're making important decisions. It's important to take into consideration our state of mind and our emotional state when we're about to make an important decision because if we don't, we're going to make a rash, emotional decision that comes out of a place that is not truly our best self. Where on any other given day when the pressure was different, we would make a much better choice. But in the heat of the moment, things get out of control. They get away from us. Our emotions take the best of us. And then the words just come start flowing out. And then we're like, I can't take them back. Uh-oh. I'm sorry for what I said when I was angry or when I was hungry. You know? <laughs> These things happen and they get the best of us. And here's an example. It comes even from my own life. Let's say I had just had a baby. Let's just pretend I actually just had a baby. So, <laughs> like four or five months ago. Anyways, let's say you just had a baby and you're still X amount of pounds over your ideal weight. Come on, ladies. We're like always an X amount of pounds over our ideal weight. When is there not that season? I'm waiting. If you know when that season comes, can you find me after service? Okay, so we are X amount of pounds over our ideal weight and we're feeling a little bit lonely and we need that compliment. We need somebody who's going to tell us, you know, come on, do I make you, am I pretty? Whatever. So, we, we stuff ourselves into our skinny jeans, you know, and then we ask, we proceed to ask our husbands, you know, the worst question ever. Babe, do these pants make me look fat? Do I look good in this? Am I as pretty as I was the first day that you met me? You know, we were just fishing. We're just setting the hook out there. and We're like, come on, give me what I need. But we're asking a second-rate question, and we're setting them up for failure. When do they ever say what you want them to say? Like, unless you have the, most, like, the best husband and the most wise husband ever, you know, the answer is always, you look beautiful, babe. You're so hot. You are more beautiful than the day that I met you. But they don't think about these things. And then we're left picking up the pieces of our broken heart all over the floor. You know, we're like, oh, you know, just whatever. And it just feeds our loneliness. It feeds our sadness. It feeds like our desire to be attractive. And so we make more stupid decisions and it's like a spiraling thing. No, we need to, we need to, even in the most simple situations, we need to filter our choices and what we wear and what we say through to the greatest question ever, which is it wise for me? It applies in big context. It applies in little situations. Is it wise for me? So when we wake up in the morning to an accusing email or when we get that text message from a complicated relationship, when we're asked to take on more hours at work, but our family life is already under too much pressure, but we are just, we're just itching for that promotion, we need to ask ourselves, is this the wise thing for me to do considering my emotional state, considering my season of life? Is this the way that I should go? Because we have a place that we want to get, and we can think of a lot of ways to get there. 
But maybe the way he wants us to get there is a little bit different than the way that we thought we were going to get there, right? He has ways that are totally unlike ours, and sometimes they do not make sense. So don't even filter your decisions through, does it make sense? Ask yourself the greatest question ever, which is, is it wise? Is it wise for me? Number three, who I hope to become. This is the final angle, and we ask ourselves this question in light of my future hopes and dreams. In light of my desired future, is this the wise thing for me to do? The decisions that we're making now, they either rob us or set us up for our desired future. They are either building for us our influence or they're costing us our reputation. If we made decisions in light of our future that we wanted, we would make different decisions. We might make different decisions entirely. We would make them differently. We would look at life with a little bit more clear laser focus because we're like, I can't compromise. I can't waste my time on that. Are you kidding me? I have places to go. I have things to do. I, I have somebody I'm becoming. I'm going to get caught up in that. Are you crazy? But we don't. We don't do this. We don't make our decisions in light of who we hope to become. We let our season of life, we let our state of mind confuse us and paralyze us. And we forget to ask all the important questions. We settle for those second-rate questions and we get second-rate results and we're mystified. Why how did I get here? What's all this drama? I don't understand. Look, I've been in that. I get it. I'm like... Dude, remember I said I sidestepped all of the bad decisions I made because I don't want you guys to know them all. <laughs> but I've been there and I've been that person who's so confused and, I'm, and then I'm looking and I'm seeing, I'm compromised, I'm sacrificing my future desire, my hopes and dreams. Because my, my decisions matter, our choices matter, they're setting the trajectory of my life. Choices matter, they're significant, they have value. You see, one definition of wisdom is knowing the greatest goal in any situation and the best way to achieve that goal. Wisdom sees the big picture in focus, each part, in relationship to the rest. Because in order to, de to determine the best way to go, it has to fuse together experience and knowledge from a variety of different sources, right? So this is the place where we leverage our lessons from the past. So we take stock of who I was, I'm leveraging those lessons. I'm not letting them go to waste. I'm not going to repeat the same mistakes again. I'm leveraging my lessons from the past, who I once was. I'm taking stock and inventory of who I am currently. And I'm weighing out and I'm considering the impact of the decision on who I hope to become. How is this going to affect my future? Proverbs 16.9 tells us that the heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. In this, in this arena of trying to become who we hope to be, in, in this arena of trying to become more that we ex respect and admire, this is a partnership with God. This is a trust relationship with God. This is like a dance with God. And yes, we step on each other's toes a little bit sometimes. But we're learning how to cooperate with him. We're learning how to cooperate with him. And sacrifice is a key element in this arena of hopes and desires to become I heard it said once that a sign of maturity is the ability to delay pleasure. And I just think if I, would have thought, if I would have known that and actually taken that into consideration when I was young, how many things would I have delayed 
in order so that I could have greater pleasure later. I wouldn't have sacrificed it for momentarily like pleasure now. I would have waited. I would have approached life differently. But sacrifice is a key element. You can't get to where you're going without saying no to some things. You're going to have to prioritize. You're going to have to make choices. You're going to have to do sometimes the unpopular decision. If you want to have something that you've never had, then you're going to have to do something that you've never done. We have to learn how to say no to some things, to say yes to the right things. Because we're going to pay a price in our life. We're going to pay a price that's deep right now, or it's going to be deep later. And sacrifice is that price that we pay when we're going after something that's bigger than ourselves, when we're going after something that we haven't had yet, that we want to be the first in our family to do something that has never been done. We're going to pay a price to get something that's valuable. And if we don't pay the price now, then the price we'll pay will be having a mediocre life. And this is my biggest fear in my life is that I'll have lived life and only been average, that I'll have lived life and all I have to say at the end of it is that it was mediocre because I didn't live life with the focus of who I hope to become and I made my decisions through second-rate questions. I lived for just the now instead of thinking about the long game. Wisdom is is playing for the long game. Wisdom is not short-sighted. It doesn't just think about the here and now. It thinks about, you know, years down the road. It thinks about things that haven't even happened yet. It thinks about that future spouse or that future child that you want to have, that future husband or that future wife that you want to have, and it makes decisions with those things in mind. Wisdom makes decisions with its legacy in mind, what you're going to leave behind, what people are going to say when you're not in the room. Wisdom makes these types of choices. Wisdom is not always the easy decision, and wisdom isn't always going to lead you away from pain. Sometimes wisdom is actually going to lead you right into the center of the pain. It's going to make us face difficult things about ourselves. It's going to make us have those difficult conversations. But in the end, it's worth it to have a wise life, to have the skill set of living wise. You see, God is infinitely wise. And this is, this is to our advantage. I feel like we have like a cheat sheet in life. Compared to people who don't have Jesus, I'm like, you guys are lost. But like, I have a cheat sheet to life because I have the Holy One living inside of me. I have the one who have all knowledge, all wisdom, all insight. He's the counselor, the teacher, the advisor, and he lives in me. He lives in you. He lives in you and he has given you like a shortcut in life. If you have wisdom, if you have Jesus and you have all the answers that you need. You have him, you just have to lean into it, draw it out, be patient, be patient, lean into him. This is the one promise in the Bible that says that he will give wisdom liberally to anyone who asks, liberally to anyone who asks. If you don't have wisdom, ask for it. If you don't know what to do, lean into him. You see, when Daniel described God's wisdom, he wrote, he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the ones who have understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. Sometimes we feel like those answers are deep and they're hidden or they're so confusing, but he reveals them. And light dwells within him. You see, there's nothing that's ever a mystery to God. He's not mystified. He's not complex. He's not like, he's not like confused. 
The, the issue is not complicated to him. He's never uncertain. Paul tries to talk about the wisdom of God, and when he does it, it turns to praise. Listen, it says, Oh, the depths of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgment. How untraceable his ways. I want to stop right there. How untraceable his ways. Look, you might be facing circumstances in your life right now that just mystify you. And you're like, if God is so wise, then why am I dealing with this? Why am I going through that? Well, his ways are untraceable, and he is setting you up. He's setting you up to have the best story that you could have. And he's using everything in his ability to get you to the point that you are so that you can have an encounter with him to learn that he has all you need. He has all you need. And his ways are untraceable. You might not see it, but they're coming. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has ever been his counselor? Or who has ever first given to him and that has to be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. God's actions are always wise. There's no upgrades to his wisdom that are even needed or available. He has it all already. He doesn't need an upgrade. There's no 2.0. He is. I am. He has all the answers. And it's not easy. It's not like it's easy. It's not, I'm not saying it's not hard from being where we're at, but we're looking at life through through human understanding, and he operates outside of time. He operates outside of our confined brains. I don't know. He is so much smarter. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He doesn't operate the same way, so he can see the end from the beginning and all the places in between. In this arena of hopes and desires to become Something we have, the, we have the privilege of cooperating with him, with our decisions. And we cooperate with God. We cooperate with God when we live wisely. When we make the wise choice, we increase his effectiveness in our own life and in the lives around us. When I partner with God with my wise choices, then his influence grows by the testimony of the way that I live. And then people would see the way that I live and they would give glory to God. They would see the way I respond in hardship and pain and in the, in the face of difficult decisions. And they would see wisdom and they would be like, nobody lives like that. They would look at your life and you would be a living example of wisdom and it would point them to Jesus. It would point them to the one who has all the answers. So we do our part to make one wise choice after one wise choice. To have one response that's wise, wisely stated, wisely worded after another and we cooperate with him we cannot get to point you know from point a to point b any faster than he will allow us but we can certainly slow it down by acting unwisely the truth is at the end of the day that god is going to bring about the best possible results by the best possible means for the most amount of people for the longest amount of time and we get to be a part of that so whatever your life looks like right now, whatever circumstances you're dealing with, God wants to do something in you and through you, in your marriage, in your work, in your witness, in your worship, that he can't do any other way. And if he, if he could do it a different way, if he could be more expedient or more kind or more gentle, then he would be using those circumstances. So your circumstances are exactly what he needs right now in your life for you to be dealing with so that he can either get a message through to you or through to somebody else. It is. 
You would be experiencing a different set of circumstances, but he is absolutely wise. We started this morning by admitting that we all make poor choices when we're left to our own decision-making, right? And wisdom is basically just saying, I don't have all that I need. I don't have all the experience. I might be a young person in this room, and I can't be expected to, you know, get everything right, and we're going to make mistakes along the way. Yes, but wisdom isn't determined by age. Wisdom is determined by dependency, dependency, and humility, admitting that I don't have what I need. I need others around me, and I need God. I need to first acknowledge God. I need to not lean on my own understanding, but acknowledge him. You know, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? I can't see past today, but I know the one who can. I know the one who can. He is the spirit of truth, and he is the voice of wisdom. And this morning, there are problems that are difficult, and they're pressing up against us. You know, choices that we have to make that feel overwhelming. They rub us the wrong way. They take the wind out of, our, out of our chest, they just, they're difficult. They overwhelm you and they, you get to the point where you feel like you're just ready to give up. You think, how, how can I make a choice like this? How can I make it live wisely? But you serve an all wise God who's on your side, who's on your team, who wants to help you succeed. He's not setting you up for failure. He's helped guiding you. He's helped guiding you to bring about the best, most longest lasting results. You serve a loving father who wants to help you out. What dad doesn't want to help out their kid when they're caught in a pickle, when they don't know how to make a choice? A dad gently brings correction, gently nudges them in the right direction. He's a loving father. And he wants to bring long-lasting results, long-lasting fruit in your life through the decisions that you make. For his glory and for your good. For his glory and for your good. You know, he doesn't set you up so that you can just be an example on display, you know, in misery. He's good. He doesn't want you just to suffer for all this time trying to make sense of the pieces and the puzzlings in your life. He's good for your good, for his glory, for your good, for his glory, for your good. He doesn't just want you to just be overwhelmed with the things in life. He wants to be on your side. He's in your boat. That's what Mike said this morning. He's in your boat. He's there to help you out. Lean, tune your ear to wisdom. Listen to Proverbs 8. Listen as wisdom calls out. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth. And I detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome, and there's nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding and clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge over pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare to it. I have wisdom. 
I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. Common sense and success belong to me. Come on, if you want to be successful in your life, you want to have a successful family, you want to have a successful business, you want to have a successful marriage, it takes being people who live in wisdom, who make good choices, who lean into the Lord. They belong to him. Insight and strength are mine, and because of me, kings reign, and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help, and nobles make righteous judgments. All who love me, I love. And surely those who search for me will find me. This is not like he's hiding this thing so far out of reach that you just can't have it. It's in within grasp. He's offering it to you this morning. And so as we, as we close here today, I want to give, I'm going to have a few things, but we're going to have an opportunity for those of you who've been living life and the fruit of your life is not producing what you, what you want. Maybe you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Maybe you haven't ever accepted Jesus and you're like, I don't know about this wisdom that you're talking about. This seems so foreign to me. Why wouldn't I ask if my life makes sense? Well, do you like the fruit that your life is producing? Or do you think that there might be a better way, a more gentle way, a kinder way? You see, in God's infinite wisdom, he chose a way of salvation through Christ that looked completely insane. Everything, everything about God's plan seemed doomed to fail. A knocked up teenage girl in a flea bag town, a carpenter's son, and then consider the disciples whom Jesus chose to be the people who take on his cause, not the top of your class, right? But the most foolish, the, the seemingly most foolish move of all was the crucifixion. No one, earth, no one on earth could come up with a plan that involved the brutal murder of his son. As a way to save the world, I'm going to save the world through a knocked up teenage girl. I'm going to save the world by dying a terrible death on a cross. I'm going to tr- give away my one and only so that I can be with you. You see, at the precisely the most foolish moment, God's wisdom triumphed. And at the moment of Christ dying on the, on the cross, which appeared to be his greatest weakness, God's power was unleashed. It's what paid the price so that we could have freedom. It's what paid the price so that we could not be living in separation from him anymore. You see, God rejected the possibility of salvation through human intellect or wisdom. So right now, your heart is beating out of your chest. You're feeling like, this is what I've been needing. This is, she's talking to me. Jesus is calling, and he's calling you by name. And wisdom, he's like, tune your ear to me. I know you by name. I know your heart. I know the fruit in your life. I paid it the price for you. you could just rise to your seat I feel like there's a few like words of knowledge go ahead and stand up everybody in the room I just want to invite you we're going to be going into a time of where we're going to encounter the Lord we're encountering him if we came to meet with anybody else well those plans are being postponed because we're here to meet with Jesus
Now I feel like there's people in this room who feel like their past decisions, their past poor choices have disqualified them and now they're destined and doomed to live a second-rate destiny. But now they're, they're living plan B or plan C for their life rather than their preferred destiny. And God is saying to you this morning, no, your plan has always been plan A. Your life is plan A. He's giving you plan A for your life. You're not living a second-rate destiny. He has given you plan A. Secondly, there's people in the room who have just been filled with anxiety. They're stressed out to the max. And when they come to making decisions and fronting conflict, anxiety just goes through the roof. And wisdom is coming to you this morning to teach you to discern between genuine concern and frantic, needless anxiety. God wants to decrease your anxiety in Jesus' name. He's in giving you an invitation to increase your confidence in his sovereignty, in his love. He's in giving you an invitation to know about how much he cares for you. And I do believe that there are people here this morning who've been sitting on a word, waiting to act on it. And the Holy Spirit is blowing on that word and it's gonna get, it's producing new life now. And he's activating that word and it is the wisdom piece that you've been waiting for. God, we love you so much. We love you because you first loved us and we wanna lavish our love back on you. We need you. We need you more than ever. We need you in the face of our storm. We need you in our difficulties. We need you at work. We need you in our families. We need you in our homes. We need you in our marriage. We need you in our friendships. God, we need you. God, we repent on, the, on behalf of ourselves and those around us, God, for be, living in pride, thinking that we could be self-sufficient on our own and we could go our own way. We repent for thinking that we could have it all figured out, thinking that our own wisdom is better than your wisdom, God. We want to be dependent on you. We want to be a people, a church that is dependent and hungry and thirsty for every word that drips from your lips. We need you so much. God, give us a revelation of our great need for you, Jesus. Amen. Come and respond. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.